Jai Jai Sri Chaitanya Jai Nityananda Jai Advaita Chandra Jai Gaur Bhakta Vrinda So today we're celebrating the Govardhana Puja, Anukut. And we're remembering Govardhana Lila in relation to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pastimes, by which we'll be able to understand the deepest significance of Govardhana. The mention of Govardhan arises in the text of Chaitanya Charitamrita in Madhya chapter 18, when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu finally visits Vrindavan. Mahaprabhu visited Vrindavan once after having returned from preaching in South India and after several attempts to go to Vrindavan, which he could not do without the permission of his devotees who could not but give him permission because he's the Supreme Lord, but could not bear to give him permission because he was so dear to them. So there was some struggle that went on for some time with these conflicting circumstances and emotions. Finally, the independent Supreme Sri Krishna Chaitanya went to Vrindavan, and he took one assistant with him, one Brahman assistant, went through the dangerous forest of Jadikanda, performed wonderful miracles there, causing the animals that were normally inimical to one another to come together and embrace and utter the names of Ram and Krishna and Hari. This is actually evidence that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was bearing the Vrindavan conception in his heart because the Vrindavan conception is one that harmonizes all opposing elements. Such is the nature of love, as we've said many times before. Love turns faults into ornaments. If we love someone, their faults, we see them as good qualities, as ornaments. I've told the story before how I was with Prabhupada once in Gita Nagari. We were standing in the barn, and there were the cows and the calves and the children and adults, and the mouse ran and the cat came out, or, and a dog came and all were there anyway. And Prabhupada was there, and, and Prabhupada said, just see, this is Vrindavan, the adults and the children, the cows and the calves, the cat, the dog and the mouse, all living harmoniously. So, Vrindavan, all harmonizing. And Mahaprabhu was carrying that Vrindavan conception in his heart. He said in Rathayatra, more man Vrindavan, in the mood of Radha, my mind has become... Vrindavan. So he never left there. He was never outside of there. This is the position of Krishna. He never leaves Vrindavan. So Mahaprabhu was always, in a sense, then in a Vrindavan conception. He said that he saw rivers to be Jamuna, bodies of water for that matter, even the ocean, and hills as Govardhan. But now, at this point in his pastimes, he's actually coming to Govardhan itself. Kundera mritika lana tilaka korila pata charja dwara mritika sange korilaila. Mahaprabhu then marks his body with tilak made from the mud of Radha Kund and with the help of Balabhadrabhata charja, that is Brahman assistant who's traveling with him, he collected some mud and took it with him. Tabe chali aila prabhu sumana sarovara. 
So from Radhakund Mahaprabhu went to Sumana's lake and from there when he saw Mount Govardhan he was overwhelmed with joy. Govardhan Deki Prabhu Huila Dandavat Ekashila Alingia Huila Unmata. So he saw the hill and he immediately offered his dandavat to the hill and embraced one stone and in this way he became mad. Preme Mata Chali Aila Govardhanagram Hari Deki Tahan Huila Pranam. So maddened with Prem, Preme Mata Chali Aila Govardhanagram, he arrived at the Govardhan village on Govardhan Hill. There he saw the deity had the darshan of Haridev and offered his obeisances unto him. Matura Padmera Paschima Dale Janrapas Haridas Narayan Adi Parakash. So Haridev is incarnation of Narayan and his residence is on the western petal of the lotus of Matura. Matura Mandala is like a lotus with different petals and there are different presiding Vishnu deities of the different petals. Haridev is the presiding deity in this area of Mathura Mandala at Govardhan. There's a big temple there. They're built to him. It still stands today. Haridev Agenachi Preme Matahana Sabaloka Dhikiteila Aschajasunya. With mad ecstatic love, Mahaprabhu began to dance before the Haridev deity. Hearing the Lord's wonderful activities, all the people came to see him. Prabhu Prema Sundarja Deki Loke Chamatkar Hari Dever Britya Prabhur Korila Satkar. People were astonished when they saw Mahaprabhu's ecstatic love and personal beauty. And the priest who served the deity there, Haridev, they gave him a nice reception. Bhattacharya Brahmakunde Pakajana Kaila Brahmakunde Snan Kori Prabhu Bhikshal Kaila. At Brahmakund, Bhattacharya cooked food. And the Lord, after taking his bath at Brahmakund, accepted his lunch. Se Ratri Rohila Haridevera Mandire Ratri Mahaprabhu Kare Manete Vichare That night, the Lord stayed at the temple of Haridev, and during the night he began to reflect. Govardhan Upare Ami Kobunat Chadiba Gopala Rayera Darshana Kemane Pohiba Mahaprabhu thought that because I will not at any time walk or climb on Govardhan Hill, how shall I be able to see Gopal Rai? So Gopal Rai, Lord Gopal, is the deity of Madhavendra Puri, who was found in the bushes by Madhavendra Puri after having his position revealed to him by Gopal himself in a dream. He was staying at Govardhan, chanting, and deeply absorbed in his bhajan, and Krishna gave him darshan, brought him milk, and disappeared, and then reappeared in the dream, and said that he was buried in the bushes, and instructed Madhavindapuri to relieve him, to find him out, establish his worship again. So, is a famous deity, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the primary grand disciple of Madhavendrapuri. So naturally, he wanted to get the darshan of that famous Gopal deity. That's at Jatipur. This morning, when we bathed Gornatananda, we poured some dust from Jatipur, the place of Madhavendrapuri, where he established the Gopal deity.
that deity was originally under the care of the Gaudiya Vaishnavas. And it's mentioned in Chaitanya Charitamrita that he engaged Bengali Vaishnavas in his worship, particularly when he went away on another mission for Gopal to bring sandalwood pulp for the deity from a distant place. So it's changed hands, and that deity is now under the care of the Balapasampradaya, a very, very famous deity, and served with great opulence, Srinathji. So Mahaprabhu wanted his darshan, but he was reluctant to climb on Govardhan Hill because Govardhan Hill was considered worshipable by him as per Simad Bhagavatam. Things Govardhan Leela, it's revealed, Krishna revealed that he and the hill were non-different from one another. Mahaprabhu was careful to advise Jagarananda Pandit when the Pandit wanted to go to Vrindavan Two things, you stay with Sanatana Goswami, keep his company always while in Vrindavan. Otherwise you may misunderstand things. So we should go to Vrindavan, we should go with the, with the sadhu or take shelter of a sadhu so we can see with spiritual eyes what's taking place there. Otherwise we may mistake the place to be something less than what it is and make offense. And secondly, he told him, don't walk on Govardhan Hill, don't climb on Govardhan Hill. So with Gaudi Vaishnavas, they carry this out very faithfully. They don't walk on the Govardhan Hill as far as possible. And they worship Govardhan Hill. As Mahaprabhu said here, he took a stone, embraced the stone. Later, of course, Chaitanya Dev was given a stone personally by Shankaranya Saraswati, not to be confused with his brother who was also named Shankaranya, but had passed in South India. This is much later. And, of course, he took that Govardhan Shila and he was also given a garland of gunja beads. He used to wear the garland around his neck and and the Govardhan as well. And he would embrace the Govardhan and his worship constituted a real heart seva. He would bathe the deity with his tears. He kept that Govardhan shield, that deity, for three years. He used to rub it on his head and... This is, of course, after now, he's, by that, that time he had returned to Puri and he'd been away from Vrindavan when he received that, that Shila. So it was that Shila then that he gave to Raghunath Das Goswami. When he saw the standard of Das Goswami's renunciation, a standard that would frighten us, begging as he was at the Singhadwara, the lion gate of the Jagannath temple, after having been a young man of very wealthy parents who protected him in every way with material facilities, servants, guards, wife, money, everything, cook, (laughs) whatever a, a person could want. They were very wealthy. They used those things to try to tie Raghunath Das down to a sober but religious life, but not a mad, crazy life, following in the barefooted, without proper clothing, oblivious to external conditions in the service of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. But they couldn't tie him down. They couldn't keep him down. He went to Puri. He escaped the prison of material opulence, and he got the shelter of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. But he was then being sent money from home, and he would use every penny to hold festivals for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his associates, opulent prasad and, and so forth. And then he thought, after some time, here I am, I'm a renounced home, but I'm taking a money from home. So 
This is an inappropriate standard for one who is supposed to have renounced the family life. So he, he refused to take any allowance from home, even though he was spending it all in the Lord's service. And then he began to beg at the gate of the Jagannath temple. Mahaprabhu was very pleased to hear this. And Raghunathas began to think, here I am begging at the gate, but when I'm begging at the gate like this, and I think sometimes this person will give, he gave yesterday, that person did not give, I will avoid him. So this is not good. Better to go where they just to read the free food and just take that and not have to think about it. And this way he did. And as Mahaprabhu heard about his renunciation as it developed genuinely based on real spiritual standing, then satisfied with his standard of renunciation, he gave him the Govardhan Shila that he had kept himself for three years. And he gave him the Gunjamala as well. This is a very extraordinary gift. And see what the conditions were that gave rise to Mahaprabhu's offering that Shila to Das. It's mentioned in Chaitanya Charitamrita that he caused love for the Shila to awaken in Das's heart. And then he gave it to him. So when the ground of our heart is free from weeds of material desires, then the seed of bhakti can develop under the able guidance of the gardener of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his associates. And Raghunathas Goswami is an example. We worship the Govardhan Shiva, but we may have so many material desires. Our Guru Parampara is very merciful. But see, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu did not give that Govardhan worship to Raghunathas until all these things were out of his heart, and he set such a standard of genuine renunciation. So, Arako Benitai Chandir Kurunohoi Ve Sangsara Vasana Murka Ve Tucha Habe, Vishaya Chadia Kobe, Shura Habe Man, Kobe Hama, Herava Shri Brindavan. This is how we can enter into Brindavan Dam. Get the mercy of Nityananda Prabhu. Then we can understand Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Understanding Chaitanya Mahaprabhu means understanding Radha, Krishna, and Brindavan. So that Vrindavan is all found in Giriraj Govardhan. It's a big hill that towers over Vrindavan, although shrinking in size. During the time of Lord Krishna, he was said to be quite tall. And so there's not a leela of Radha and Krishna that he doesn't know about. When they hide away, it's in his own caves. From a distance, anywhere he can see. So he knows everything. And Govardhan can reveal everything to us. So getting the Govardhan Shila as Raghunathas did, means getting a place in Vrindavan, at the foot of Govardhan. He conceived that this is what Mahaprabhu was saying to him. And by getting the garland of Gunjamala, he considered that he got the shelter of the lotus feet of Radha at Govardhan. Govardhan holds a high position in our Sampradaya, and, and Mahaprabhu considered, as per the Govardhan Lila and Bhagavatam, that Krishna and Govardhan Hill are one and the same. Therefore, we would not climb on the Govardhan Hill. The two things about Govardhan are that, one, he is Krishna himself, and two, he is the friend of Krishna, the devotee of Krishna. Both of these things are discussed in Srimad Bhagavatam. Within the Govardhan Lila, it was Krishna himself that established the worship of Govardhan. As you know, there was a annual custom amongst the villagers, to worship Indra. And it was thought that such worship was vital to their livelihood because they were cowherds 
and Nidr was in charge of the rain, and cowherds means they have to grow grasses and feed the cows, and this requires sufficient rain. So they considered that their settlement and its livelihood was dependent upon the rains. There's a god behind the rains, behind all the movements of nature. There's consciousness and personality. So Indra-yagya, they were performing. And they would camp at a little distance from home to perform this, make arrangements for the Indra-yagya. And although this had happened for several years in Krishna's youth, just at about seven years old, this time he began to inquire about the significance behind it. And there's nothing more charming than a young boy, seven years old, asking about the meaning of things. And of course, Nanda Maharaj had to consider what I'm going to tell him. How much should I tell him? He's asked a question and there's, it's over his head, the answer. So how much can I respond? And what he did do is he more or less responded in such a way as to tell Krishna, it's good to be humble and not question authorities. Because Krishna, in asking it, showed some, some impudence. Because the background of this was, of course, that he was outraged at Indra, the pride of Indra. So Krishna cannot tolerate the pride in his devotees. So sensing some pride in Indra, and here all of his eternal associates in the Prakatlila, the Manifest Lila, are worshipping Indra. And Indra is not understanding their exalted position, how they are worshipable by him. Krishna became indignant. This is the background. So some impudence was there in the spirit of his inquiry in Nanda Maharaj. Put him off at first, but of course, as you know, Krishna pressed on and asked more about the background of this yogya and what was the usefulness of it. And we find there in Bhagavatam when Krishna discusses, really has a kind of a minor debate with Nanda Baba, that he cites Nyaya of Gautam and Sankhya of Kapila and Karmakanda, Purva Mimamsa arguments of Jaimini. And uh, separate from the Vedanta, we are followers of Vedanta, Gaudiya Vedanta, these are more or less atheistic arguments. In one sense, they're all theistic arguments because all these groups, the yoga of Patanjali, the Nyaya of Gautama, the Vaisheshika's philosophy, and Sankhya, the Satarshan of India, all of these, they're all theistic in the sense that they all accept the Shastra to some extent as pramana, as valid evidence, not all to the same extent, and not as much as we do, as the Vedantins do, and as Gaudiya Vedantins do, for that matter. But in a general sense, because they accept the Shastra Bhagavan, they can be considered theistic. But in comparison to Vedanta, in comparison to Gaudiya Vedanta in particular, they can be called atheistic. Therefore, Prabhupada sometimes called Kapila the atheist, and so forth. So Krishna argued with Nanda Maharaj, and he cited these various atheistic philosophies to establish the worship of Govardhan, the worship of Vrindavan, the worship of himself. So in a sense, he devalued religion. And it, it's nothing new for him. He says in Bhagavad Gita, Sarva Dharma Pratyajama Amekam Sanam, but just give up all this religion. 
and just take shelter of me. So that's what he was teaching in the Govardhan Leela. So to do so, he even spoke atheistic philosophy. He did that also to Arjuna in Bhagavad Gita in the second chapter. He said, anyway, if you don't accept all these arguments, even if you think that the soul is impermanent, consciousness is just appears and disappears, like Charvak or the Buddhists think, still you have no reason to lament. Still you should fight. So preaching is sometimes different from Siddhanta. <laughs> sometimes we say what we have to say to get people involved. So Krishna did that very expertly and got Nanda Maharaj and everybody else involved. And in the course of arguing in favor of worship of Govardhan, the mountain, Govardhana means who increases the cows because Govardhana gives all facility to the cows with grasses and water and and uh, caves and and all facility. So, because they're cow herds, that hill that increases the herds nourishes them. That's worshipable by us. This was his thinking. And in the course of establishing that, what came out was the background of his impotence, which was his anger towards Indra. It uh, revealed itself more and more. And he, he said, ultimately, we should have a festival for worshipping Govardhan and we should offer all kinds of food, all types of preparations in huge quantity, and then it should be distributed to everybody, to the Brahmins, to the common people, to the cows, of course, even to the dogs and to the dog eaters. So Krishna said it should be given to everyone, even the dog eaters we'll give it to, but not Indra. He's saying, don't give anything to Indra, but we'll do a yogya and give the remnants to even the dog eaters. So he was very upset with Indra. And Nanda Maharaj and others were very charmed by his arguments. After all, we're swayed by the arguments of someone who's dear to us even if they don't make that much sense, even if they're not that reasonable. And if they have a little bit of sensibility to them, a little bit of reasoning, then that much more is the case. So it wasn't difficult for Krishna to get everybody on his side and agree with him to worship Govardhan. It does seem like a rather basic religious idea at best, kind of a deification of, of a prominent aspect of nature that the Coward community is dependent upon. But if we look deeply, of course, we find it's very high theology. Mahaprabhu gave the stone to Raghunath Das Goswami and instructed him how to worship that stone with his heart. He awakened love in his heart, in the heart of Raghunath Das for that stone, instructed him in particularly how to worship. If we study that, we see he actually told him to worship him in the Ragmarg, to give his heart entirely, give himself entirely full self-sacrifice. So, the significance of Govardhan is great, but on appearance, the idea that Krishna is putting forward was one in which he seemed to be advocating a very underdeveloped idea of religion. To worship the God in heaven is a step above worshiping some aspect of nature as God understand who's behind nature and its movements and that, that nature that we're dependent upon and so forth. So it seemed like he was bringing the religious ideal down, but actually he was going higher. And such is the nature of the whole Prakat Leela, such is the nature of Krishna Leela, because Krishna is the supreme God, but Krishna appears like 
a human being. Krishna puts emphasis on human society. His Prakat Leela is said to be more sweet, his Nara Leela, than his Deva Leela, because it's staged in human society, where love is uh, even misconstrued, but love predominates. So to play out his Leela of love, he comes to the human society. So Krishna got all of the Brajbasis on his side and organized toward a great Govardhan Puja. He told them to prepare various things and worship the cows and the Brahmanas and, and so forth. And he told what would be the fruits of worshiping Govardhan. By performing the yagya that he was proposing, he said, you'll get a long life and uh, many sons. Whereas if you worship Indra, then you'll just get old and gray hair and you know, auspicious things will come. So he continued to make a contrast between the two ideas of worship. Worship of Govardhan, which is worship of himself and Vrindavan, Dham, and worship of Indra in heaven. And Indra, of course, symbolizes material enjoyment, material opulence to the extreme. He's the king of heaven, so he's very much preoccupied with sense gratification. So by sense gratification, by material acquisition, we get nothing. And by giving that up, then we're in a good position to actually gain something. Material acquisition is like acquiring a debt, going into negative numbers. Just as if you borrow money from the bank, then it looks like you have something, but really what you have is a debt. And because it's compounded by interest, it's greater than even the amount that you borrowed. So material acquisition, material opulence, Krishna is saying this should be given up. And see how he dealt with Das when he gave up the material opulence entirely and has showed genuine renunciation to the extreme. He got the Govardhan, he got the place at Govardhan, he got the worship of Govardhan. So these inhabitants of Vrindavan, they're there, they've got that place, they're the parshas of Krishna. Nanda Maharaj and all that group therefore Brahma said, what a whole bhagyam, a whole bhagyam, Nanda Govardhan. What is the fortune of the inhabitants of Vrindavan? Oh, bhagya, oh, bhagya. Oh, how lucky, oh, lucky they are. Oh, bhagya, oh, bhagya, nanda gopar bhajokasham. Nanda and all the gopa people. Why are they lucky? Oh, bhagya, oh, bhagya, nanda gopar bhajokasham, yan mitram paramanandam purna brahma sanatanam. That person who is purna brahma sanatanam, paramananda, is their mitra, their friend. The supreme bliss, Paramananda, Purna Brahma, the full expression of Brahman, Sanatana, eternal, has become their friend. How lucky they are, how fortunate they are. What is their position? Brahma, the four-headed Brahma, is prostrating and saying this prayer in 14th chapter of the 10th canto. And this they got... This position is attained by following in the footsteps of devotees like Raghunathas Goswami. So we have to pass through that renunciation and we have to really turn our head away from material opulence and sense gratification, the possibilities that lie in the realm of Indra. Krishna is saying to live in Vrindavan, this has to be rejected. Vishaya Chadiya Pave. Repeatedly, this Vishaya Charya. So give up sense gratification. Indra is the personification of sense gratification. 
So symbolically, uh, this is one of the many things being taught in the Govardhan Leela. Give up material opulence, sense gratification, and there's possibility then. The heart becomes peaceful, and we can sit and think, what is our real interest? We can go into our heart, look deeply. With the help of sadhu and shastra and guru, we can find the wealth of our heart, the chit anu, ananda kan, particle of chit ananda that is there, dormant, but has no capacity to manifest without good company, guru, sadhu, shastra. It will manifest. Our possibility of our life in Vrindavan will become a reality. Krishna Prem Nityasiddha Sadduka Bunai Shravanadi Sudha Chitte Kare Udai. So it will awaken. Kare Udai Shravanadi Sudha Chitte. When the heart becomes pure through Shravanadi, Shravanadi means Navalakshan Bhakti. Shravanam Kirtanam Vishnu Smaranam Parasevanam Achanam Bandanam Dasim Sakyam Atmani Vedanam. Do all these things. This is pure bhakti. Be engaged in all of these things throughout the day and throughout the night. And Sudhachite, the heart will become pure and kore udai, that Krishna Prem that is there that will awaken. Krishna Prem Nityasuddha. Sadhukabunai. It is not something that is produced. It's eternal, but it's dormant. So this is the means of awakening that. So Krishna was displeased with this idea that Indra personified. And with, of course, material opulence comes the pride. If we're well off, then why would we listen to the sadhu? We've got everything, then we'll send him away when he comes to our door. So Indra's proud and Indra's full of sense gratification, the personification of sense gratification. Krishna is preaching against this and glorifying his own parshadas, his own family members, what is their position? Hard to understand, hard to construe. It looks like they should be worshipping Indra, but actually Indra should be worshipping them. This is the nature of this Vrindavan Leela. When the Supreme Truth, the Infinite, comes very close to the finite in love, then he takes on a finite appearance. When that which is eternal, like the scriptural revelation, when it comes in touch with time, then it takes on a temporal appearance. So it looks like a book and it can be destroyed, it can wither and, and so on. But its message is eternal. If we study it, if we hear it, we apply it, we taste and experience nothing but eternality. Krishna is the supreme Brahman, but when he fully embraces the finite out of love, it's said that it's not possible for the finite to know the infinite, but if the infinite wants to reveal himself to the finite out of his infinite capacity, then it's possible. So this is what Vrindavan is about, the infinite embracing the finite. And in order for that to take place and that the finite won't pass out, <laughs> then the whole affair takes on a finite appearance, and that is Krishna Leela, human-like in every respect, especially the Prakat Leela, the Nara Leela, the Leela that's manifest on earth, and so difficult to understand. And they themselves don't understand it if they did, the inhabitants of Vrindavan. If they understood it, then the whole thing would be lost. So the bhav causes the siddhanta, the tattva, to disappear. But without knowing the tattva to begin with, we'll never enter into that bhava. First, we must learn the tattva, apply it, draw the philosophical ramifications from this leela, just like we're trying to do. We are doing to some extent. We're understanding, oh, why is Krishna upset with Indra? What does that mean to us? 
It's not just a story. Where is the Indra in us? Our tendency towards sense gratification and the pride that accompanies that. There's no place for that in Vrindavan. This is the doorway. If our bhajan is to become nishta, fixed, then we have possibility of getting some taste. But if it's erratic and full of distraction, then how will we ever get any taste? This is nishta. This is the doorway then to enter into positive and progressive immortality in the language of Shiladeva Goswami. Ruchi, asakti, bhava. What is the definition of humility given by Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthi Thakur? Who can say? Absence of the enjoying spirit. Yes, absence of the enjoying spirit. This is the humility that Mahaprabhu spoke of. So to the extent that the enjoying spirit is there in us, what do we find that accompanies it? Pride. And this is what Indra personifies. So in this way, we have to draw some tattva from the lila, which is all the, the bhava of Krishna and his devotees, and apply that in our lives. Otherwise, it just becomes a cute story. But if we apply it in our lives, then it's possible for us to live in that story live in the feeling of those devotees, to develop those feelings ourselves and enter into Krishna Leela. Give up sense gratification. What Krishna is teaching us here, what Mahaprabhu taught us, he gave the Govardhan Shila to Raghunathas at that point. Now you've got the service of Krishna at Govardhan and the service of Radha at Govardhan. It's not just Jai Radhe, Jai Radhe and write the name on the tree or something like that. <laughs> it's a long way to go. So, Krishna said, he discussed, what will be the difference? What are the fruits that will be derived from worshipping Govardhan, and what are the fruits that will be derived from worshipping Indra? And he already had everybody on board, and so they went forward, and a big yagya was performed for the satisfaction of Govardhan. And Krishna said, the mountain will accept your offerings, and... This way our lives will flourish. And when they, they performed a yagya and so many things were throwing in and Krishna said, he oversaw the whole thing and he said, give, 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 give. He told everybody, this is the spirit. This is the very the secret of life. The secret of life, the whole secret is found in this that you will get by giving. And you have to understand it so well that we give without thinking of getting without any thought of giving. And of course, the fullest opportunity to give comes to us, is afforded us, when we understand what the center is. So the center is Krishna. Giving to Krishna becomes possible to give unlimitedly. He's the supreme enjoyer. (laughs) He can take everything and more. And Govardhan exemplifies that in him. Because he ate and ate and ate what they offered him. And he said, Aniyor, Aniyor, Aniyor. Give me more, give me more, give me more. This is nothing. And the inhabitants were overwhelmed. This big black form appeared. And although Krishna was very small, there was a considerable resemblance between the two. So we were to make the connection. The, The deity of the hill, actually, who was Krishna himself, manifested. Balaram was orchestrating everything like a stage uh, manager. And, uh, of course, he knew what was going on and what, what Krishna was 
teaching the inhabitants. But everyone else, they didn't really know. And here the mountain that was just the hill that uh, they used to graze the cows on became worshipable, and a big deity manifest. And he began to eat the food like this with his right hand, and with his left hand he went like this, pointing to Indra, like, come on, you want to mess with me? Come on down, like that. So all the devotees, the Brajabhasis, they became very enthused, of course. And the hill just swelled and swelled in size. And so when it came time to offer the ghee lamp, he thought, this is nothing, this light is insignificant. So Krishna arranged a big platform and with lights and a way to move it, and he made a huge artik offering to the hill. And when the deity of the hill manifest and was eating, and he said, come and see, watch me eat. You and I, we are one. There's no difference between you and this God. So it's a very nice idea in many respects because there's a difference between us and the gods in heaven like Indra. We see a difference. But when we enter into spiritual life, then we become one. We understand our unity with the deity, our oneness with the deity. On the platform of philosophy, Mahabhutada Chintya Beda Beda Tattva. So we are one. We are one of the Shaktis, a part of the Shakti of Krishna, the Shakti of Krishna. The Tasta Shakti and Krishna are non-different. So there's a unity in purpose that we accomplish with the Lord. It cannot be accomplished in terms of the relationship between the demigods and the humans. Because the whole relationship is based on, I want something and I'll give you something so I can get that something for myself. So there's a difference between the humans and the gods, between humanity and, and Indra. And no matter how much they worship and how much that giving may be good and progressive in the right direction, it's not giving without thinking of getting. It's really primarily based on the calculation of getting. So some separation, some distance is created. But in the worship of Krishna, then, this is a different affair. We should chant Hare Krishna mantra without attaching anything to that. Just for the satisfaction of Radha and Krishna, we should chant, not to get anything. So Govardhan is saying, watch me eat. In other words, ordinarily when we offer to the Indra, you don't see him eat. He's up there. You're down here. But there's a possibility in this Krishna consciousness. When we offer the bhoga to Krishna, he actually come and sit and eat. And we are one with him. I heard something that the people, sometimes they like to, in the culture of Raghunuga Bhakti, they like to eat before the deity. That's okay, but generally we're advised not to do that. But if you can see the deity eating, then it's okay. <laughs> and he calls you and says, sit down, go on. Let's take our prasadam. So such possibility is there. We should be careful not to artificially cultivate an intimate relationship with Krishna. Like I say, we're prefacing our whole discussion of the Govardhan Lila with the discussion of Gaur Lila. Through Gorlila, we can understand how to enter into Krishna Lila and see the standard of Raghunathas Goswami's renunciation and his eagerness, his greed to be in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's service. Nothing could hold him back, no material opulence. This is the standard of real, developed greed. We may have some little bit of greed. Lobamai Shraddha, we may be Kanishta Adhikari, Lobamai Shraddha. We're interested in Vrindavan, that's why we're here. So we have a little bit of, but not much. So at this point we shouldn't decry discussions of Bhagavad Gita and those that stress the tattva and the, the position of the Supreme 
personality of Godhead. This is important to us. But it is true that thoroughly learning that, thoroughly understanding that tattva, that means self-realization, then this ladini shakti will awaken in the heart. And it's possible then to achieve the goal of forgetting that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of God. We cannot do that artificially. But anyway, Govardhan here is showing. He says, I'm eating right in front of you. You can see me eating. So this is the idea of Brajabhakti. We can become so close to the deity that our worshipable object becomes such an object of love that the love actually diminishes his stature in a sense, not in a derogatory way, but he's charmed by that, and he comes down to us. Not that we will go up to him, but he will come down to that love. So all the inhabitants of Vrindavan actually saw in the Govardhan that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of God. So this is the first thing. We know that Govardhan is Krishna, and Mahaprabhu therefore would not climb on the Govardhan hill wouldn't put his feet on Govardhan. He took the stone, he worshipped the stone, carried it around his neck, rubbed it on his head, gave it to Raghunathas, taught him how to worship with Tulsi Manjari in Sattvika, very purely, and it means also very simply. It wasn't an elaborate puja, but um, one thing is to do an elaborate puja with all types of requisite material paraphernalia, and that requires some means. But if one is a renunciate, he may not have much at his her disposal. But heart is there to be offered. So he called on the whole heart of Raghunathas Goswami. The ingredients were simple. The procedure was simple, not costly. But the actual worship itself was very costly. He had to give his entire life to Govardhan, enter there, to live at the feet of Govardhan in the service of, of Radha and Krishna. So Govardhan is Krishna himself, and second thing, as I mentioned, Govardhan is also a friend of Krishna. Well, this is, shouldn't be too hard to understand. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna. He's also a devotee of Krishna. Baladeva is God. He's also a devotee of God. Gurudev is God, also a devotee of God. So Govardhan is God, also a devotee of God. And Mahaprabhu twice cites the sloka from Bhagavatam that is the pramana for this idea that Giriraj Govardhan is the uh, Haridas Varya, the best servant of Krishna. He does it here in this section while he is visiting Vrindavan and getting the darshan of Govardhan, and he does it later in uh, Antilila when he mistakes the sand dune along the shore of Puri for Govardhan Hill and runs after the hill, chanting the slope from Venudita of Radha glorifying Govardhan of Haridas Varya, he falls into a trance. When his devotees revive him, bring him to external consciousness, he describes what he saw. He was at Govardhan, at the foot of Govardhan, and Radha and Krishna entered into a cave there. And several of the Sakis came and engaged him in picking flowers at the base of Govardhan to offer in the service of Radha and Krishna. So from this we find that Mahaprabhu tasted the bhav that he came to give. This is own bhakti, svabhakti. Unatuldarasam, 
So the highest, brightest jewel of rasa, ujwal rasa. And that is what the uh, attendants, young maidens, attendants of the sakis experienced. It's a kind of dasya bhakti within Madhurya. So Mahaprabhu tasted that when going to Govardhan in a trance. And he glorified Govardhan at that time, singing the praise of Govardhan, as he does here, a little further on in this chapter. So twice in Chaitanya Chaitanya this verse is brought out, a verse that establishes the fact that Govardhan, while Krishna himself, as evidence from the Govardhan Leela, is from the point of view of the feeling of the gopis, they're bhav, they project their bhav. He's a friend, a servant of Krishna. So what's real? The feelings ultimately the, is what we accept as real, especially in the spiritual life. But we do it even in material life. We may say, yes, I know, Maharaj, but uh, I feel like this, so I'm going to do this. <laughs> so feeling generally rules. It's a problem for us in material life, but in spiritual life, it's the perfection. Feeling causes us to forget the tattva, to forget that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, for example. So the gopis projected that Govardhan was the best servant of Krishna because in every way he facilitates Krishna's leelas, the cows and with uh, his romance with the gopis and so forth. Jiva Goswami has given a beautiful and very detailed explanation of Radharani's verse in Gopal Champu. She says, oh, he is Haridaswarya because he has he offers the caves and the water and chirping of birds. And so there's kirtan and bathing water and there's various scents and so forth. So he gives a whole long list of the, whatever, 16 types of paraphernalia for worship and how Govardhan is providing all of those items of worship. Uh, I think he actually lists, the normal is 16, but he lists 25 items of worship. So Govardhan is fully equipped to worship Krishna, provide all facility for him in terms of ritualistic worship and practically in terms of the Leela. So in this way, from the vision of gopis, he's considered to be the best servant. Of course, they tend to think that others are better servants than themselves and they project that bhav, but that's their reality and that's our reality, the reality of the, the vision of the, of the inhabitants of Vrindavan. We want that whether it makes sense at that point doesn't really matter. It really transcends the, the uh, philosophy and tattva. But it does make sense, and there is good scriptural foundation for all these high, high sentiments. So, Mahaprabhu would not walk on the Govardhan Hill because Govardhan Hill was Krishna, and Govardhan Hill is also Krishna's devotee. Krishna showed that in Govardhan Leela, particularly, that Govardhan was Krishna himself, and he showed also how much Govardhan facilitates the cowherd's people. And he established this point, and in that sense, he's a servant of Krishna's servants, which makes him the best servant. And, of course, after the worship of Govardhan, Krishna established a number of things. They should circumambulate the cows. You can't circumambulate the whole herd, so circumambulate one of the progenitor cows, like we have Dharmji here. We can circumambulate him today. And then, of course, they circumambulated the entire hill after they had fed the cows. Then they were jolly and traveled around the hill. And meanwhile, Indra was becoming more upset that the yagya for him had been stopped 
and these infidels were worshiping a, a hill, and Ender was uh, known for being a controller of the mountains. In fact, it's said that he clipped their wings. Lore has it that mountains used to fly, but that uh, with his lightning bolt, he clipped their wings. In the Kali Yuga, they have to stay put. And so he has some jurisdiction over them, and now this mountain is being worshipped instead of him. So he was already proud, that was the problem, but now he became more proud and he became angry. So material opulence and sense gratification leads to pride and pride to anger. So he gathered together his group and he sent them forth, big clouds to devastate Vrindavan with rains like the time of the annihilation. And they poured rain down, and when the inhabitants saw that the storm was coming, they were a little bit apprehensive, because they had followed Krishna's instructions, they had worshipped Govardhan. But now Indra was showing his wrath. A huge storm came upon them, and Krishna, with Balaram's help, got everybody underneath. He got everybody underneath, and some of the wild animals, they were... They were kept above, but he poked them up so high that they were above the clouds that Indra had sent. So everyone was protected. <laughs> the wild animals on top uh, and uh, all the domestic animals and all the people underneath. Not only underneath, but there are many caves inside of Govardhan going in all eight directions. So when Krishna lifted the hill, this one major cavern was apparent and everybody went up inside and they were living inside the hill having a festival inside. So when Indra sent his people down to see what was going on, they came back and said, well, you, know, you sent these rains and, and storm and lightning and whatnot, and not a leaf has fallen from a tree in Vrindavan. And all of the inhabitants, all of their cows, and Indra, of course, had reasoned, let me teach these people a lesson. This is also how bad it gets. Material opulence can very much degrade us to doing the unspeakable. He thought, these people, their livelihood is the cows, therefore I will devastate their cows. That was his ambition. He was God in heaven and, and he was going to kill cows, their cows. When he heard all the domestic animals were safe underneath the hill and all the people, and he sent forth further lightning and, and sent his men to check out what happened, and the hill was just like dancing to the tune of his his thunder and light show, his lightning. And when they reported that back, he thought, how could it be? I thought I clipped this fellow's wings a long time ago. And uh, how can he be lifting off like that? And they concluded, well, he just ate so much. He was just <laughs> elated. He's dancing after eating all that prashadam. So Indra was very much uh, confused, but at a certain point, he realized he's not d dumb, so he realized... I'm in touch with a power greater than myself. Who is that? That's Vishnu. Oh my God. What have I done? Because of my propensity towards sense gratification and pride that follows, arrogance of life, insulted not only the Supreme Lord, but his people and his cows. I'm in big trouble. What really hit him was, at a certain point in all of this, He's sending his people forth to get reports. What's happening? They're coming back saying, nothing's happening. Everything's fine. Things are going on better than they were before. People are having a great time underneath the hill. And at a certain point, a demon came, one of those yakshas, 
and praised him for what he was doing. And then he realized, what is happening to me? The demons are praising me. What have I done? Then uh, they say it dawned on him. that I'm in touch with the power greater than myself. So he retired to his quarters, tried to save embarrassment from his people. And he came forward and offered some words like, I was uh, just testing these people. And actually, uh, <laughs> I know that's Vishnu. And uh, he tried to save face as best he could. And then he went to Brahma and sought some relief, some remedy, what to do. And Brahma said, I don't know what to do. Uh, I went down there and played a trick on him some time ago, and I kidnapped his calves and his coward boys for a year, and I've been embarrassed ever since. And I prostrated myself, my all four heads on the ground. I paid dandavats. I offered profound prayers, the whole chapter 14 of the 10th canto, Prayers of Brahma, the whole Siddhanta of Gaudiya Vaishnavism is found in there. He couldn't offer better prayers. <laughs> Deeper, more profound prayers. He offered all those prayers and Krishna just stood there. He didn't say anything afterwards. He didn't respond, showing his gravity, although he was just a cowherder. Brahma had stepped into the midst of his leela with his intimates on earth and caused a disturbance four-headed person coming there, making a disturbance. So he just flew on out of there. He says, to this day, I, I don't know what my position is. And so I don't know what kind of advice I can give you. You tried to kill his cows. Unbelievable. <laughs> this is unbelievable. So Indra was very distraught. But Brahma did give him some piece of advice. He said, go to Sarabhi Lok, go to the cow planet, talk to Sarabhi, the mother of cows, and get some advice from her. So he went there... And she said, these are not ordinary cows, of course. These are Krishna's eternal associates. But yes, uh, due to the human nature of the Leela, they may listen to me. But my advice, anyway, is go down there. And just said, well, you go first, and I'll, I apologize through you, and you can say on my behalf. And Surabhi told him, you can't get relief from offenses like that by letting someone else do your work. You have to do it yourself. You have to go. So they went close to the earth, and by this time, of course, everyone was out from underneath the Govardhan Hill and celebrating. And Krishna took his cows and his intimate friends to a little bit of a distant area. And then he left his friends and said, I'll be, I'll be right back. Wait here. I've got something to do just over here. And he went at a distance because he could see it was difficult for Indra to come down in the midst of all those cowherd boys and cows and apologize. Krishna made it a little easy on him by going to a secluded place. And of course the implication is also if we think deeply we have to sit quietly and and enter into the core of our heart, our heartfelt we should approach God. So it requires that uh, for bhajan that it's not a public affair. Kirtan, that's another thing. We celebrate what we found in our bhajan in kirtan and get renewed energy to do our bhajan. So in a solitary place, Krishna went and Indra came. Surabhi did come with him. She offered prayers. Indra offered prayers. Krishna accepted the prayers of Indra, having shattered his pride. And then an arrangement was made at Govindakund. The kund was given from this name. Today we bathe Mahaprabhu in water from Govindakund also, and Surabhi Kund, both at Govardhan Hill. All the gods came, all the principal gods, and 
they witnessed the Abhishek of Krishna and they unanimously gave him the name Krishna, the name Govinda. The name Govinda comes from this Govardhan Leela, the aftermath, really, the epilogue of the, the Govardhan Leela when Indra offers his prayers in humility. And of course, then the Gavard boys are watching from a distance. All the gods brought various gifts and offered them to Krishna. But Shiva gave him a bamboo flute, and oh, so many things were given. A parasel, maybe Brahma gave him the, the umbrella, and so many different items were given. And then they coronated him as the god of gods, Govinda. He's the very god of Indra himself. And then they left and thought, how fortunate are these cowherds, people that they're dealing with him like so intimately. He's like one with them. They're like family members. And he's worshipable by us. There's some distance between us and him by worship. And these people are beyond worship. They've come so close to him in love. So as they went away through the sky, then the cowherds came back and they grabbed the parasol from Krishna and the different ornaments and decorated themselves. <laughs> And the gods are watching this from a distance and they all came home and everybody asked, where did you get all those things? And Madhu Mongo said, oh, some four-headed guy came and gave his parasail. Another guy with five heads gave a flute. They all bathed him and different things. And um, all the cowards were amazed to hear such a story, though they didn't put that much stock in it. But they did see these wonderful <laughs> heavenly gifts, nonetheless. And so, anyway, they agreed on one thing with Madhu Mongol and others, that uh, we were very fortunate to be, to have uh, Krishna's company. So they began their own Abhishek <laughs> of Krishna. And uh, in this way, the Govardhan Leela teaches us many things. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, we find in Chaitanya Charitamrita, as, as we're discussing, showed great regard for Govardhan Hill. Here he says that Govardhan Upariyami Kabu Nat Chodiva. Gopal Raya Darshan Kemane Poyeva. So how will I get the Darshan of Gopal Rai? I cannot walk on Govardhan Hill. And he's on the Govardhan Hill. So we don't won't walk on Govardhan Hill, but as we'll find, Mahaprabhu did get the Darshan and, and Rupa Goswami did as well. And it's possible to get close to Krishna by by spiritual means. So he didn't walk on the hill, but he got the darshan. In other words, darshan means that the Lord comes before us. The Lord brings us before him. We cannot walk up and have the darshan. But if Krishna allows us to come in, to take a look at us, to see us, then it's possible. Therefore, we're to think that anyone who comes to the temple and has a darshan, that the Lord has brought them there and given them darshan, and he must be or she must be someone very special worshipable by us. So the guests are, are like worshipable. We should always keep this in mind. Anyway, point is Mahaprabhu didn't walk up on Govardhan Hill to get a darshan. So we cannot charge up ourselves with our shoes on to see the Lord and make him an object of our investigation. But if he calls us to look at our hearts to see the nature of our service attitude and so forth, then we're fortunate. That's called darshan. So Mahaprabhu wouldn't climb up there, but the Gopal Didi is going to come down and see him. So if we have the right attitude, then there's nothing that can get in our way from having the darshan of the Lord. 
And if we have the wrong attitude, if we have everything else in place, it will not be possible to have his darshan. So, what happened? kori prabhu kori rohila Thinking this way, the Lord remained silent, and Lord Gopal, knowing his contemplation, played a trick. So the, Krishna is not unable to hear our prayers, to know our hearts. We shouldn't worry. We don't have to worry. I'm not being recognized. I'm not being noticed. Krishna notices everything. And sometimes those who are noticed most seem to be neglected, only to have it revealed to the greater body of the, of the devotees how dear that person is. We were always taught in the beginning that if we were about to go to see Prabhupada, we should have a reason for going there. Why should we bother him? This was uh, how we were trained in the beginning. And I know from my own experience that one time Prabhupada arrived in Los Angeles and it was on a Friday. And Fridays then were very conducive for book distribution. At that time, myself and another devotee were selling books at the Los Angeles airport in secular dress, and it was illegal to do that, but we were sneaking around and selling the books with considerable success. And so Prabhupada was arriving on a Friday afternoon, and certainly I wanted to have his darshan, but it was a great day to do service to him also. Book distribution was very dear to him in those days, and this was uh, the best day of the week and so forth. So I had these conflicting emotions to stay out and serve him or to go back to the temple with him like everyone else. So anyway, he came. He arrived at about 2.30 and I went and I changed my clothes into devotional attire and Prabhupada arrived and I got his glance of benediction, which was a very, we are always fortunate to, felt fortunate to get that. And um, I was quite thrilled and everybody, we all went with Prabhupada to the car and about 300 devotees and Prabhupada got in the car and everybody ran to their cars course, to, to go back to the temple. And here Prabhupada had been away for months. And he was just coming back. But I, as I say, I was dealing with conflicting emotions, and I opted ultimately to stay at the, at the airport, go and change my clothes again, and finish the service, which Friday afternoon at the airport was just like very, very busy, and it was hard to get caught because there were so many people, and there was plenty of people to talk to and distribute the books to. So I stayed out, and with every book that I distributed, I felt closer and closer and closer to Prabhupada. In fact, if I recall correctly, I think I was able to give the garland to Prabhupada that day when he arrived. And so he looked right at me. So I had this impression on my mind of Prabhupada looking at me, and indeed that's what was happening, because when I arrived back at the temple... In the evening, several devotees ran up to me and said, Oh, Prabhupada was talking about you all afternoon. Where were you and where are you selling books and so on and so forth. So I had a kind of a confirmation that uh, I had felt that I was very close to Prabhupada without trying to push my way in in the crowd and get close. Of course, I did that sometimes too, I have to admit, but (laughs) that's not always bad. But on, on this instance, I opted to serve because the service opportunity was there. So if it's not a service opportunity per se, then we should try to take advantage of good company, personal company. But if the two are presenting themselves, then it may be to our advantage to take the service and and find how we can be close to Krishna, close to our guru, close in this instance for me, close to Prabhupada, through service. So he was sitting with others, but he was talking about me. 
So, anyway, Mahaprabhu was not about to walk on the Govardhan Hill to see Gopal Rai, but Gopal Rai was coming to see him. So Gopal understood his heart and decided to play a trick. Coming down from Govardhan Hill, Gopal granted an interview to Mahaprabhu, who was unwilling to climb the hill, thinking himself a devotee of Lord Krishna. Anukutnami grami Gopalarstiti Rajputraloker se grami Basiti. So Govardhan was staying at Anukut Gram on Govardhan Hill, and the villagers who lived there were mostly from Rajasthan. Eka Janasi Ratre Grami Ke Balila Tomar Gram Marite Taruk Dari Sajila. So at that time a person came to the village and announced that the Turkish soldiers were coming. Muslim soldiers, it seems to be that they were Turkish, and they were going to attack the village. So, Adi Ratre Palaha. So, on this night, we have to go away, and Narakila Ekjan, no one should remain here. Takulana Bhaga, Asibe Koila Javana. Take the deity, because tomorrow the Muslim soldiers will arrive. Shuniya Gramer Loka Chinitahaila, Pratame Gopala Lana Gutila, Grantuli Grame. So, hearing this, the villagers, they became anxious and they moved the Gopal deity to another village named Gantuli. Vipragrihe Gopale Nibrite Sevan Grama Ujada Hoila Palaila Sarabhajan. So, the Gopal deity was kept at the house of a Brahmin and his worship was conducted secretly. Everyone fled unless the village of Anukut was deserted. Gopal Mandira Chari Kunje Rahe Kiba Gramantare. So, out of fear of the Malachas, the deity was moved from one place to another, like this, and giving up his own temple. Sometimes the deity would live in a bush, or in one village or another. In the morning, Mahaprabhu took his bath in the lake called Manasaganga. He circumambulated to Govardhan Hill. By seeing Govardhan Hill, Mahaprabhu became ecstatic with love of Krishna. While dancing and dancing, he recited the following verse. So this is a verse from Bhagavatam. As I mentioned, Mahaprabhu cites again later on in Antilila when he saw the sand dune in Puri and thought it was Govardhan Hill. This is from Benugita. Antayam Adur Avalahari Dasya Bhargyo Yad Ramakrishna Charana Sparasha Pramodhat Manam Tunoti Sahago Ganayostayordyat Paniya Suyabasa Kandara Kandamulai of all the devotees, this Govardhan Hill is the best. So here we find the Praman, evidence that Govardhan is not only Krishna, but the devotee of Krishna. Of all the devotees, this Govardhan Hill is the best. Oh, my friends, this hill supplies Krishna and Balaram, as well as their calves, cows and coward friends, with all kinds of necessities, water for drinking, very soft grass, caved fruits, flowers and vegetables. In this way, the hill offers respect to the Lord. Being touched by the lotus feet of Krishna and Balaram, Govardhan appears very jubilant. So this is the gopis glorifying coward pastimes of Krishna. Cowards will hear this and they'll think, just see, even the gopis say that our love is the best. Govinda kundaditi te prabhu koilasnan tahana shunila gopal gelo gantuli gram. Mahaprabhu then took his bath in a lake called Govinda Kund. And while he was there, he heard that Gopal Digiti had already gone to Gantuli Gram. Se Grami Gia Koila Gopal Darshan Prema Veshe Prabhu Kori Kirtananartan. So Mahaprabhu went there and he had a darshan of Gopal and he became overwhelmed. He danced, he chanted and he danced. Gopal Er Sondarja Deki 
beautiful deity, he was overwhelmed with prem, and he recited the following verse, and then chanted and danced until the day ended. Vamas tamarakshakshasya bujjadanda sapatuha krida kandu katam yena nito govardhano giri. Mahaprabhu said, May the left arm of Krishna, whose eyes are like the petals of a lotus flower, always protect you. With his left arm he raised Govardhan Hill as if it were a toy. So Mahaprabhu saw the deity for three days, and on the fourth day the deity returned to his own temple. Gopal Sange Chale Aila Mahaprabhu walked with the deity of Gopal and he chanted and danced. A large, joyous crowd of people also chanted and danced and they sung the name of Krishna, Hari Hari. Gopal Mandire Gela Prabhu Rohila Tale Prabhu Rohancha Purna Sabha Korila Gopali. The Gopal deity then returned to his temple and Mahaprabhu remained at the bottom of the hill. All the desires of Mahaprabhu were satisfied by the Gopal deity. This is the way of Lord Gopal's behavior to his devotees. Seeing this, the devotees were overwhelmed by ecstatic love. Mahaprabhu was very eager to see Gopal, but he did not want to climb Govardhan Hill. Therefore, by some trick, the Gopal deity personally descended. The deity arranged for the Turkish soldiers to come, of course, and uh, ransack the village, <laughs> displace everyone just so that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu could have darshan and teach this important point to all of us not to climb on Govardhan Hill. In this way, give me some excuse. Gopal sometimes remains in the bushes of the forest, sometimes he stays in the village. One who is a devotee comes to see the deity. Parvate nat trade dui rupsanatan e ruptan savare diachen darshan Rupsanathan also did not climb the hill. And to them also, Lord Gopal granted an interview. In a very old age, Rupa Goswami couldn't go there even if he wanted to, but he had the desire to see beautiful Gopal. And again, due to fear of the Muslims, Gopal went to Mathura, where he remained in the house of Vitaleshwar for one month. Rupa Goswami and his associates stayed at Mathura for one month and saw the Gopal deity. When Rupa Goswami stayed at Mathura, he was accompanied by Gopal Bhatta Goswami, Raghunath Das Goswami, Raghunath Bhatta Goswami, and Lokanath Das Goswami. So this describes Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's darshan of Gopal and his reverence for Govardhan and his visits to Vrindavan. Any question? Brahma could take it more. Brahma is more advanced, and Indra needed more reciprocation. And now, also, what he did was worse. If Krishna hadn't said anything to him, we would have lost a, a king of heaven. He, he probably would have committed suicide. So, he, he responded to different persons in different ways relative to their necessity. 
Brahma's offense was minor, really, compared to Indra's. And his prayers, the prayers of Brahma and the prayers of Indra, cannot be compared either. The prayers of Brahma were much better, actually, more important to us than the prayers of Indra. So Brahma holds a higher position. So sometimes then those the higher devotees, they don't get as much overt reciprocation. <laughs> but in their heart they get it. It's like Rup and Sanatan. They weren't always with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but they were the closest to him. Otherwise, Krishna is independent. He speaks when he wants to. Who can understand the ways of Krishna? Sisi Gaurnitananda ki jai giraj govardhan maharaj ki jai. Sisi Krishna Valaram ki jai. Gurya Vaishnav Guru Parampara ki jai. Kaur Bhaktavrinda ki jai. Kaur Premanandi ki